We are in Matthew chapter 26, Matthew chapter 26, verse 41, and we are answering a question we've been answering for several months now. We know that faith works. We know that faith works itself out in our lives. That is a truth. Faith works. But we're answering the question, what do I do when I look at my life and my faith isn't working? And that, that we have seasons of that in all of our lives. And for some of us, that may be the only thing we've ever seen in our life. What do I do if this faith that I claim isn't working? And, and we've looked at three causes for that for the past several months. First, perhaps your soul is lost. Perhaps you aren't saved at all and there is no faith to work. Second, perhaps your theology is incomplete. Maybe you don't quite understand how the Spirit sanctifies you. And so we talked through some of how that works because if we misunderstand, we will misapply the tools that we've been given. But where we've sat for the last several weeks is on this last cause, and that is just that your flesh is weak. And that is true for everyone in this room. There's not a single person here whose flesh is not weak. In our natural state, we are weak. Aside from the spirit, we have no ability to do right. We are weak. The flesh is weak. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 41, Jesus says that. The spirit is willing. You may desire to do what is right, but your flesh is so weak. It is so vulnerable. In Matthew chapter 26, Jesus, we've talked about this already, he's in the last 24 hours of his life. His disciples are about to undergo the most trying experience of their life. And when they're in the garden and Jesus is going away to pray, to prepare himself for what is to come, he looks at his disciples and he says these words in Matthew 26, 41, disciples, keep watching and praying. Why? so that you may not enter into temptation. Keep watching and keep praying so that you won't enter into temptation. Not so that you aren't attacked by the people that are going to to take Jesus. Not to protect yourself from any physical danger. No, keep watching and praying, Jesus says, because temptation is all around you. You know why that matters? The final words in this verse. Because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is is weak. In those verses we talked last week about what is readily apparent to every Christian, and that is that temptation is all around us and it is seeking to tear us down. So often we are torn down, we are found to be weak in the moment of temptation because we never saw temptation coming. Temptation, the enemy, loves to utilize the element of surprise. We talked about that several weeks ago, how how the element of surprise catches so many of us off guard. It's been a battle tactic as long as battles have been waged to catch your enemy off guard, to hit them when you don't see it coming. The enemy has no greater desire in bringing you down than to do so when you didn't see it coming. Your guard wasn't up. And so Jesus prepares his disciples for that. We can understand this verse all in the context of this. Our faith will not work if we cannot overcome temptation. We talk about our flesh being weak. We talk about the need for our faith to be working. And what do I do when my faith isn't working? This is a truth. Your faith will not work if you cannot overcome temptation. That's a rule. 
The reason for that is because when our faith doesn't work, at the root of that is sin. It's faithlessness. When our faith isn't working, there is sin at the root. And as we've seen for the last several months, sin is always rooted in temptation. There is always temptation when there is sin. Now, we don't always see it, and that's exactly the problem that Jesus is dealing with in this passage. But whenever you sin, it is because you were tempted. Now, you may be tempted by various different things, even your own desires. But sin always comes from temptation. That means that our faith will not work if we cannot overcome temptation. So we, we looked at this verse last week. We've, we've been breaking this down for several weeks now. And, and here's kind of a working outline by which we can understand this verse. Two actions that will help you avoid temptation. Two actions that will help you avoid temptation. The first one we saw last time we were in this passage. Watch. Watch. Jesus says, because the element of surprise will overtake you, you must watch. You must, the terminology that we use was, you have to have your head on a swivel. You have to have your guard up because if you don't, you will be blindsided. So you must watch. That's exactly the word Jesus uses. Keep watching. As we broke that down, I just want to remind you of this quickly because it's been two weeks. We, we looked at strategies and watching for temptation. How do I watch for temptation? Well, first, know your weakness. Know where you're vulnerable. Know where you are prone to be surprised. Second, know the truth. We will not recognize the lies of the enemy if we will not know the truth of Scripture. Third, seek accountability. You are not designed to resist temptation on your own. God has equipped you with other believers, with with leaders in your life. Seek accountability. This will help you to not be surprised. Someone checking in on you, asking you, are you ready? Keeping you accountable on what happened in the last week. And fourthly, and this is where we're going to land today, pray for strength. You want to know how to watch? Ask God to help you watch. How often have you gone to God saying, Father, help my guard to be up today because naturally my guard is dropped. Naturally, I will not see temptation coming. Help me. Well, that's one nuance of what we're called to do is we have our guard up against temptation. Where we're going to spend our time focusing today is on the second point in this passage, the second action that will help you avoid temptation. The second action is simple. Pray. Pray. Jesus gives disciples, his disciples, two directives. They're not hard. Watch out and pray. You are vulnerable to the element of surprise, he says. You're vulnerable to not see temptation coming. You're going to fall into temptation unless you watch out and pray. If you do those, they will help you to avoid temptation. Prayer is a God-given tool for fighting temptation. Because prayer is the ultimate lifeline. Prayer is the ultimate lifeline. You guys ever... uh, I struggle to, to know like what shows are common to you and me. Did you guys watch Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Was that a show for you guys? Most of you, it wasn't, was it? Do you guys know what I'm talking about when I say who wants to be a millionaire? Yeah, where you're answering questions A, B, C, D, and, and everyone inevitably gets stuck and you have your three lifelines, right? Like you can phone a friend, you can pull the audience, you can, you can what was the other one? Nick's half of them, right? 
can take the four answers down to two. There's, there's lifelines and who wants to be a millionaire? We're like, okay, I don't know the answer to this question, but I'm going to go to someone who does. Prayer is the ultimate lifeline for the believer. That you, understand this, have access to the Father. You have access to the all-powerful one whose will for you is that you would resist temptation. You have the strength of the Holy Spirit within you whose will for you is that you would not give in to temptation. You, you have access to God, the ultimate lifeline for the believer. Our access to the Father, in the sense that Jesus speaks of it in Matthew chapter 26, verse 41, is that we must not only have our guard up, but we must pray to him, we must ask him, we must request of his assistance. We must pray to resist temptation. John Owen says, the one who spends much time in prayer spends a little time in temptation. Love that line, it's so true. You want to spend little time in temptation? Pray more. Pray more. The one who spends much time in prayer spends little time in temptation. Prayer is a God-given tool for fighting temptation. So the question for us tonight is, how often are you using that tool? We've talked about the fact that Sin always finds its root in temptation. A God-given tool for resisting temptation is prayer. I'd ask you to compare the frequency of your sin with the frequency of your, te- of, of your prayer. How often am I tempted? How often am I praying? Jesus calls his disciples to continually be praying so that they don't fall into temptation. In other words, they're praying knowing temptation could come at any time. They're always aware. They always have their head on a swivel. The nature of a surprise attack is that you don't know when or where it's coming from. And so there's ongoing prayer and preparation so that I don't fall into temptation. And my concern is that we rarely, if ever, utilize this gift that God has given us. Perhaps we don't even know how to use this gift that God has given us. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Based on other Gospels apart from Matthew, we know that the conversation that's happening in Matthew chapter 6 is preceded by a question from his disciples. The disciples look at Jesus and they say, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. You know what that implies? Prayer doesn't come naturally. You have to learn how to pray. We aren't naturally good prayers. And that's really important because I think often we tend to think 
I'm just not a very good prayer. It doesn't come naturally to me. It's just not an area that I'm gifted in. The disciples recognized that they needed to learn how to pray, that Jesus had to teach them. They knew that it didn't come naturally to them. And so they said, give me the information I need to pray better. Help me to be a better prayer. And so Jesus answers that request. Teach us how to pray. Jesus says, you want to know how to pray? Verse 9 of Matthew chapter 6. Pray then in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. In those verses, Jesus modeled for his disciples how they should pray. Teach us to pray, and Jesus gives them that. While it would be profitable to break down the entirety of that prayer, there's so much beneficial in there for us to learn in prayer. I encourage you to study that. Um, What I would like to revolve around tonight is that in those verses, Jesus specifically equips his disciples in how to pray for temptation. The very topic that he instructed them in in Matthew chapter 26. And so, what I want to spend our time tonight doing is looking at three prayer requests. Three prayer requests in the battle against temptation. We're going to be primarily in Matthew 6, and we're going to go a couple other places. Three prayer requests in the battle against temptation. We're going to talk about this tonight because naturally we don't know how to pray. And so my hope in this is that you, with this information, will be better equipped in how you can pray to to resist temptation. How do I do that? What does that look like? How how do I do that better? I'm not naturally good at it. And this is a God-given tool for resisting temptation. If my faith isn't working, clearly my prayer needs needs to grow. How do I do that better? Let me give you three prayer requests that you need to be asking regularly in the battle against temptation. Number one. Number one, redirect me from temptation's path. The first request is redirect me from temptation's path. Now, we're going to find ourselves in Matthew chapter 6, in just verse 13. The final request in the way Jesus is teaching his disciples revolves around the topic of resisting temptation. And the first bullet point that Jesus gives his disciples is a bullet point we're going to dwell on for a few minutes now, and that is redirect me from temptation's path. Look at verse 13. Jesus, in teaching his disciples how to pray, says, and do not lead us into temptation. Do not lead us into temptation. Jesus tells his disciples to ask God not to lead them into temptation. Now, if you know much scripture, that should immediately start raising some questions in your mind. And that is, I thought that God doesn't actually tempt anybody. Book of James tells us that, that that God is not a tempter. So why then does Jesus direct his disciples and say, Father, do not lead us into temptation? Well, this prayer does not indicate that God tempts us, but that God is sovereign over all circumstances and that he has the ability to lead us away from temptation. See, the prayer is not, God, don't tempt me. The prayer is, God, keep me away from temptation's path. Protect me. Guide me. 
keep me from walking into temptation because I am naturally prone to walk blind into temptation. That's how I'm wired. So Father, I need your help. I need you to redirect my path, to keep me from temptation's path. This prayer is asking God to do whatever is necessary to steer us out of the way of temptation. Now, I fully believe that God desires to do that for you. That God desires for you to steer clear of temptation. But there is no promise that that is an easy path. The path away from temptation is a difficult one. My mind goes to 1 Corinthians 12 where Paul is in this scenario in which he's tempted towards pride. He's tempted towards being conceited. And and he, he wants to resist pride, but in his path for avoiding the temptation towards pride, you know what God gives him? In 1 Corinthians 12, we're told that Paul is given a thorn in his flesh. And, and whatever that was, we don't know. Whatever that thorn in Paul's flesh was, he pleaded with God. God to take it away from him. It was miserable for Paul. It was painful for Paul, but it was the path by which God kept Paul from temptation. Paul says, to keep me from being conceited, there has been given to me a thorn in my flesh. The thorn was the path by which he was steered away from temptation, but it wasn't easy. The request is, God, do whatever is necessary to keep me away from the path of temptation. It's fascinating. I think Paul probably didn't want to be tempted towards pride, but he also didn't want the thorn that was in his flesh. Temptation often comes through our own desires. Temptation often comes through the things that you want most. And so when we pray to God, Father, steer me clear of temptation, Understand that that prayer so often may remove the thing that you most want. Father, do whatever is necessary because I'm weak. My flesh is so weak. Redirect my path away from temptation. Have you prayed that? Daily? Hourly? That is not the only prayer request in regards to temptation that we do. Because while we pray, Father, steer me out of the path of temptation. What I know about myself and what I hope you know about yourself is that we are so prone to walk into it. We're so prone, even in steering clear of temptation, to find new opportunities for temptation in new areas. And so uh, Jesus doesn't just direct his disciples to pray, don't lead us into temptation, but look back at verse 13. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Do not lead us into temptation, but the contrast of being led into temptation is deliver us from evil. That brings us to a second prayer request in the battle against temptation. The second prayer request is release me from temptation's grip. Don't just redirect me away from temptation's path. Release me from temptation's grip. Deliver us from evil. 
I believe that at the heart of this request is one, keep me from temptation. But I know that I am so prone to pursue it anyways. So Father, keep me from temptation. But when I find myself in it anyways, deliver me from it. It's, it's, it's as if there's, there's a cliff that, that's, that, that you're walking towards and, and you may fall off if you don't redirect your path and you're saying, Father, keep me from falling off the cliff. Keep me from the edge of the cliff. But, but I know I'm going to get there anyways because that's how I'm wired. That's what I'm prone to do. So, Father, when I find myself playing on the edge, pull me away. Deliver me. Keep me from it. But when I find myself near it, deliver me. So don't only redirect my, my, my path away from temptation. When I find myself in temptation's grip, deliver me. That is God's desire for you when you are in temptation. That you would be delivered. And we have a God who is able to do that. In Hebrews chapter 2, we're told that because Christ was a man who lived on earth and was tempted in every way as we are, that he's able to help those who are in temptation. Not just direct you away from temptation. Because ultimately, even if you're directed away from temptation, temptation can come from within you, which you can't get away from. And so Christ, who was tempted in every way, is able to help those who are in temptation. To help to, to release them from temptation's grip. Hebrews chapter 4 speaks to this as well when it says that because Christ was, was a man, because he endured what we endured, that, that he can sympathize with us in our weakness. And that because of that, we should approach the throne of grace with confidence. The way that God releases us from temptation is that he reveals to us how we can escape. Mark preached 1 Corinthians chapter 10 last week. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man, and God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with every temptation, here it is, will provide a way of escape. You have a promise that any time that you are being tempted, there is a way out. Pray and ask God to reveal it to you and to give you the strength and the desire to pursue that escape route. Father, release me from temptation's grip. Show me, reveal to me how I can escape this temptation. So redirect me from temptation's path. Release me from temptation's grip. And that brings us then to a third request. Relieve me, relieve me from temptation's lure. Relieve me from temptation's lure. So redirect me, release me from the grip of temptation. This third request is ultimately a request that God would change our desires. Relieve me from temptation's lure. That which I am naturally attracted to, that which my flesh desires, that which lures me in. Father, relieve me of that. Change my desires, change my heart. Pray that God would do that in you progressively. 
That as you grow, that your desires would change. That the things you want to pursue would change. That your lusts would be minimized. That your desire for sin would become increasingly less prevalent in your life and that you would become more like Christ. That your mind would be pure. Father, change my desires. Relieve me from the lure of temptation. In 1 John chapter 5, we read this. This is the confidence which we have before him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests which we have asked from him. John writes in those verses that if we ask anything that's according to God's will, he will give it to us. What matters is that what we ask is actually in accordance with God's will. If you are asking God for these three things that we're talking about, His will is that you would resist temptation. That is His will. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 tells us that. This is the will of God. Your sanctification. We must be resisting temptation. Your faith will not work if you cannot overcome temptation. A tool that God has given us is prayer. And if we are asking things in accordance with his will, he will give it to us. He will give us a way of escape. He will change our desires progressively. He will lead us in a path away from temptation. If that is in accordance with his will, he will do it. And your sanctification is in accordance with his will. He wants you to resist temptation. Should you go to God and say, Father, give me the strength to fight this desire, he will not leave you empty-handed. He will give you what you need. But remember... Remember where we've been in this study. That is not a promise that it will be easy. That is not a promise that you don't have to work. That is not a promise that it's still not going to be desirable. We still have to actively resist temptation. But he will give us what we need. He will equip us. So ask him. Ask him to do what Paul talks about in Romans 12. God, by your mercy, renew my mind. Change my desires. Help me to hate what is evil and love what is good. Help me with that. Change me. Three requests. Redirect me from temptation's path. Release me from temptation's grip. Relieve me from temptation's lure. Are you using the God-given tool for resisting temptation? If you're not, of course your faith won't work. Your flesh is too weak. So use the tools that God has given you. Watch, have your guard up, and pray. Go to the ultimate lifeline, and he will give us what we need in our time of need.